All right, Matt Levy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Three gold medals, one silver medal, six bronze medal. Is that still the actual statistics? Two gold, one silver, five bronze. Yeah, are you sure? We need to. <laughs> Pretty close. We need to check the online stats. Then it's just amazing. Like I've never, I never talked to an Olympian before. So can you like walk the listener through how that all like starts? When when does it start? That you go like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go for that, and we're gonna prepare for that. Yeah, I think from my perspective, it was really uh, a gradual process. I started by, I guess, doing swimming for fitness, um, and I still do today. But once I kind of got a bit stronger and a bit fitter, I kind of got a bit more into it. And I think it was, wasn't until probably 2000 when I watched the Paralympic Games in Sydney that I kind of really kind of figured that I could do more than just doing a couple of laps um, every now and again kind of thing. So that was kind of where it all started from getting that goal of wanting to make the Paralympic Games. And that was where I guess the fire started. And yeah, it kind of went from there. I got trained a bit more, got a bit more skills, got it worked out what times I needed to go. And, and it kind of went and progressed from there and got into more carnivals and, and got into more racing and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a gradual progression from, I guess, one of my first comps in probably 1999 until to my first Paralympics in 2004. So that was five years. But I guess the progression had already started early on um, from learning the skills as, as um, in my young, younger years. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess that's kind of the process that I kind of went through in the beginning. Right. So what happened then between 2004, where I think you, you won no medals, and then 2012, where you had five medals, I believe? I'm questioning yeah. my online stats now because they were obviously wrong. So, <laughs> But what happened in this period? If you're going by Wikipedia, yeah, then, yeah, I guess from 2004, obviously no medals, 2008, one medal, and then, yeah, five in 2012. But I think for me, I guess it was more a mindset, really kind of understanding where I can kind of improve and where I can kind of get better in the pool and outside. I think that was probably the difference. Like when I arrived in 2004 in Athens, it was kind of great to experience things and great to kind of understand like what I needed to do. And then I guess the the next problem the game is more of a building building phase and kind of working out, well, I've got to this point, how can I kind of, kind of improve to the next point? Yeah, I thought I trained really hard in 2008 and wanted to do really well and thought I was capable, but I kind of didn't tick all those boxes in terms of turning up to training and doing things for doing things with a purpose. It was more just turning up kind of thing. So the difference between 2008 in Beijing and 2012 was really turning up with purpose in every training session, getting those one percenters and really kind of nailing what I need to do to keep improving each day. And I think that was the difference. Not so much, I guess, the skill level or the or getting faster necessarily. It was really about working on those little bits and pieces that ended up getting me that improvement at the end of the day and, and got and yeah luckily got um, me those medals in in london so is that coach led do you need a good coach for that and a good support infrastructure or is that matt yourself that basically says okay i know what i need to do and and that's what i need to work on i think it's a bit of both like i think coach led in terms of what skills you potentially might need but at the end of the day it's athlete driven in terms of turning up to training wanting to be there wanting to actually learn those skills and to progress forward. And then, yeah, it definitely takes the village to get you to that starting lineup. It's your friends, your family, all that kind of stuff that leads to those gold medals and those PBs and that kind of thing. It's not just me as an athlete. And yeah, I guess it's through those values and beliefs, I guess, that I've learned through the early years um, of my parents teach me the various things and that kind of stuff. So that's uh, a big part of it as well. But I think, it's very much athlete driven because you can choose to turn off the alarm and, and not go to training it's because the coach has got other 
athlete so they can coach as well. So it's very much athlete driven from the point of wanting to improve and wanting to get better. But in terms of gaining the skills and putting that in place, uh, the coach, I guess, drives that part of it. So you, you might be proud of me, Matt, because uh, a few weeks ago I, I watched videos on how to in, uh, improve my freestyle stroke because after 50 meters I, I usually nearly drown because i'm totally out of breath and uh you know <laughs> i need to need to basically swim breaststroke back to just survive so you swim freestyle and butterfly medleys and, and and breaststroke how do you even like know what what of those areas you need to focus on is it per day only one or, or how do you put that program together because there's a lot of different things and techniques right breathing all sorts of things yeah so i guess for me it's Mostly probably breaking it down per session. So like some sessions I might be working on, I am to just like not get bored of doing just freestyle. It's probably per session that I kind of work on those different strokes and different areas. Yeah, it's, it's really probably too hard to work on everything at once. So it's really important to, I guess, break it down. Yeah, sometimes I might do half a session of something like freestyle or breaststroke and the other half I am and kind of work, it on, work on it that way. But a lot of the time it's just working on it per session and kind of getting that as best I can working on that particular skill at that particular session because that's I guess the easiest way to kind of get that wrapped in my brain for me as, as a novice swimmer is is like looking at time a good way to to improve I mean I, I'm probably never going to hire a coach but I know it, it nearly takes me like a minute to go to 50 meters and is, is that like if you want to improve your technique is that sort of a, a good indicator or would you hire a coach what what would you recommend to someone who really wants to like improve but obviously not at your level where did you start yeah i guess time's one thing but also your stroke length isn't probably another thing i think that skill um will reduce time a lot quicker than thrashing and trying to get to the other end as quick as possible because you might not be doing it as efficiently as possible so i think it's more about being efficient and working out how can you get there least amount of effort i think is the the big thing and that can be put into any kind of context in in life it's not just in sport it's in business as well like you don't just like look at the goal and and kind of get there as fast as you can you kind of work out the bits and pieces in between and it's no different with swimming it's really about kind of breaking that down into smaller chunks to kind of see how she can improve but see what you can improve within that time frame as well yeah that's great and that's the second part of, of my my questions uh, any anyway right so what what can you take into <laughs> into the the life but before we go there your linkedin profile said your life's work in numbers is 53 56 and 83 what what does it mean yeah so um the 53 is to do with how many operations i've had the 83 is to do with how many people I want to influence. So it means like 83,000, I think it was meant to be. And the last one was to do with how many years I've, I've been doing it for. So um, I guess that's kind of what kind of meant around that. And yeah, it's just really about kind of trying to inspire one person and kind of creating that community that way. Because um, yeah, you never know, I guess, when you're speaking to someone, what they're thinking or feeling or, or, or doing. So I guess it's, if for me, I guess it's as long as I can, share what I, my experiences and hopefully that kind of helps even one person. That would be pretty cool. Nice. So let me know if there's any question that you don't want to, you know, talk about or any topic, but 50, no, no, good. 56 operations. That's just mind boggling. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that is a lot. Like what's the, what's the mental toughness you, you need for, for that, that you go like, Oh, okay. Another one. I had seven, seven times uh, operations in the, in, in the mouth. Right. But that already was, <laughs> is nothing compared to your number, right? But you, you sort of 
felt like, oh my God, yeah. is it ever going to end? And then you, you take that and you, you take it into a swimming pool at Olympic level and win medals. I mean, <laughs> what, what can, can you like mental toughness is really the, the concept here, right? And, and the topic you talked about resilience as well in your profile. So is that something your parents taught you? Is that something you recognize that this is something you need in, in order to progress in life? Well, how did, how does it all come about that? Have you used those 56 operations as a, as a motivation or what's, what's your, your life story there, Matt? Yeah, I think it's a bit of, bit of both. I think at the end of the day, we all have opportunities to do something in life. It's just a matter of working out what that is. And I think if you don't try and if you don't, if you give up, it makes it a lot harder to see those opportunities for what they, what they are. And I think, yeah, definitely the mindset, I guess, that my parents instilled in me early was definitely a big part of that resilience piece. But for me, I guess it was really, yeah, it was, it was more about not wanting to give up and not wanting to lay down and not fight kind of thing. So yeah, I felt that I guess if I didn't continue to look at it as opportunities and look at it as, as learnings, it would be a lot easier to comprehend and a lot easier to understand. So it's always been about trying to make the most of that opportunity and make the most of what I've got. Cause there's a lot of people, I guess, that are in worse situations. So it's just thinking, trying to think of the positives within that negative. And yeah, we can do that, I guess, in any spectrum in life. If we're having a bad day, if we're not feeling up to it, there's always going to be something positive within that moment that we can kind of hold on to and kind of turn it around. Cause um, yeah, we only get a certain amount of time in the day and that's not time you can get back. So it's um, yeah, just trying to make the most of that opportunity. That's nice. And the number 83, you said, stands for 83,000. And that's the number of people you want to influence and inspire. Can you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So I guess that was kind of when I did that. It was uh, starting out in my kind of speaking career. Um, and that was kind of the number that I kind of put put down. And yeah, I guess I probably reached a lot more than that now. But um, yeah, I guess that was kind of a goal that I kind of set myself when I kind of started with my LinkedIn profile. And yeah, it was um, pretty cool. Absolutely. So now let's go to the business side of things. You're, you're, board of, uh, you're sitting on the board of directors for Ability Options. That's a not-for-profit, I suppose. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah no. it is. So I'm on two non-profit boards, Ability Options, which is New South Wales-based, and um, Rainbow Club Australia, which is majority, predominantly New South Wales-based, but also based in other states as well. So yeah, so I guess I, it's great to, I guess, use my experience and use my understanding to kind of give back to the community in that kind of way as well and yeah and learn learn a bit along the way with how they run boards and the governance and stuff behind it but yeah it's pretty cool to be able to use my expertise and my experience from my sport and I guess my lived skills as well. Yeah absolutely and you know I'm part of the uh, AICD the Australian Institute of Company Directors and yeah there's a big push actually that we have the lift experience on on every board right to be to just create a more inclusive society, right? Yeah, I, I did the AICD board of directors course. It's not not easy. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to read. Uh, many many folders to go through, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did the five day course just before COVID hit. So I got the got the actual face to face five days. So I can't imagine this year and last year. Imagine doing it face to face that online the whole time and still having to pay the same amount. <laughs> yeah. Um, I prefer the face-to-face as well. I did the foundations course and uh, it's just nicer to sit with people in a room, but then, you yes. know, COVID, but we get over that soon. So at Westpac, right, 
so you're a change analyst and there's nothing more constant as, as change, I think, in life, <laughs> what the saying goes. So how would you translate your perseverance, your positive attitude? How, how would you put that forward and say how or what you do in, in your Olympic career is transferable to the everyday work life, right, of your colleagues and, and yourself? Yeah, I think definitely mindset, goal setting, the creating, I guess, the tools to get to that end goal, I think is a big one. And having a support network around you, I think is another one that, that kind of resonates with sport and in business. And um, I think the ability for athletes to stay focused and to stay motivated and to, to um, balance their work and, and life priorities as well, I think is a big one as well. So I think they're the big pieces that I can kind of think of that I guess are transferable. And I do talk a bit about that in my book as well, keeping your head above water. And um, yeah, that kind of talks to, I guess, what what I believe is transferable from sport to business and kind of what I've learned throughout that that journey and yeah it gives a bit more detail of what um what I've learned and how I've learned it and that kind of stuff to do with transferable skills. Okay. Excellent. Ed Westpac then is that are you being treated as a celebrity there when you rock up and go like, oh that's Matt, you know, he won gold medals and stuff <laughs> like that. Is is that how it how your your life usually goes? Sometimes. But um yeah I do have a day job as well and I do have actual stuff to do that benefits the company, not just they see me for, for being going to the Paralympic Games. But, but yeah, there's a bit of that, but um, there's also a bit of actual work as well. <laughs> okay, excellent. So Matt, you also wrote a book, Keep Your Head Above Water, which is a very suitable title, obviously, right, for, for Olympian swimmers. So can you talk yeah. a, a little about um, how that, that book came about and what the target audience is and what you wanted to convey? And I also know you're a public speaker, right? So, and, and how this all probably related to the 83,000 that you mentioned earlier, I suppose, but um, how, how did the book come about? Yeah, so I guess the book came about just because I wanted to inspire others and um, kind of share my journey of what I've done and how I've done it. And it um, kind of talks to a, my success concept. So it kind of talks to what's, I guess, made me successful and talks to, I guess, goal setting, mindset, tools I've used, focus, and yeah, it talks to, I guess, the people that I have around me that have got me there and yeah it talks to really relatable and understandable concepts that I've been able to use throughout my life that have got me to where I've got I guess a bit it's by no means the only way to get what you want but I guess for me I guess it gives you great tips and hints to really use it the way you want to use it and add it to your repertoire in terms of how you want to reach your goals and um, reach what you want to get to and yeah you can get it on my website www mattlevyoam.com.au and um, yeah I'm available for speaking virtually and face-to-face as well which is um, there's a link on my website as well if you want to contact me but yeah it's a great book and the target audience is probably anyone I guess that wants to achieve their goals and kind of doesn't know where to start and um, yeah especially for business people and people that are starting out entrepreneurship and startups and that kind of thing okay that sounds like the target audience is about seven billion people on this planet if i yeah sounds <laughs> good <laughs> all right all it needs to buy is one book <laughs> <laughs> just one copy each right that'll do <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> awesome well thanks a lot matt for coming on the show and, and sharing your, your story with us and i hope we can keep in touch yeah no worries thanks so much for having me it's um Great to be part of your uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Matt.